how dare you. <laughs> I just wanted to be you how for once. Dare you. I just wanted to be a good old You know old the well, Christmas. well, well is my game. Yeah, that's how you tell me it's time for you to talk. That's exactly right. Yeah. In fact, I think I'll start every <laughs> sentence in this podcast with well, well, well. Well, well, well. Well, well, well. This is gonna get old quick. This is already old. Welcome to Carl Pooling, your favorite show ever about a little bit of everything, but only things that matter, coming at you live on recording from the moving <laughs> cab We're keeping of a 2010 that. Honda Civic. Uh, we're, just to give you the lay of the land right now, we're kind of going down the road, there's some people on the sidewalk. Uh, pants akimbo. Pants akimbo. Talk about that. I am just gonna let him. I'm just gonna let him. You oh, know what? He's I coming back for another pass. Oh, oh, he wants. He wants more. He's running up the side. Wow. Did he hear us? I, I like know. how. Okay, for one, he's trying to run, and one hand is firmly gripping the pants. Right, because he. Ain't because he... otherwise, there's no. That's untenable. Right. And also, like, it's very evident that he matched his underoos with his outfit. Wouldn't you do that if you wanted to show off your underwear? Yeah, but I mean, like, like you can't just be like, oh, man, I just don't care about anything. It's like, no, you oh, put some thought into you it. You really cared about showing off your underwear. Yeah. Wow. It was a conscious decision on your part. You're I not didn't fooling think about me. that. I never think about that, but I never consciously want to Wait, share Wait, he's off. coming. What is what? happening? Round three. We just got a good view of his That was the other side. Stuff. And yeah. that was perfect. highly visible. Yeah. Very, very, Wow. Yeah. I, I don't want to use that language on the air, but yes. Yes. Yeah, very apparent. Very well, apparent. Hey, good for him. We need to be we need to be driving faster where we can't see stuff like that. Yeah, it's that not was safe. like the first time was like they didn't even phase me. The second time I was like, ah and then the third time I was like, Oh my god Yeah, I never thought about how that could be from the front. That was rough. I'm yeah. upset. Just to give you an idea of the traffic right now, that was someone jogging, passing <laughs> us three times, going different ways. Yeah, we definitely carpool. Yeah. Um, I got a new segment for the show. You got a new segment. Yeah, it's dun, called. Dun, 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 dun. What did I do on the car this week? I fixed the tire pressure. So you're welcome. You can stay a little bit safer now. Hey, that's a. That's it's a really good segment. To the studio. Yeah. That's a tax deduction right there, boy. Ooh, we could. We need to start calling it. Um, yeah, that's what I'm going to call it. Studio enhancements. Studio enhancements. Yeah. They'll be very quick like that. So I love that. Yeah, I know. Technically, pretty much like everything you do to this car, plus the gas you spend while we're like recording, I'm sure that's all tax deductible. Eating Doritos in this car? If we incorporate. Okay. Uh, make sure to smash subscribe. <laughs> subscribe. <laughs> I don't know. Like it button. works for these terrible YouTube people, so right. I just thought I'd try it. We had a huge week uh, in subscribers, so thanks everyone for checking out the debates that we put up and the last episode on abortion. Yep. Again, send us uh, send us your hate mail. And uh, side note, friend of the show, Tommy, uh, asked me to check out this video or this podcast. Um, I can't remember the dude's name and maybe he doesn't want me to say it, but uh, I can't think of the guy's name off the top of my head right now. That is going to make this for a worse anecdote. But, but the guy had a, uh, basically saying that so much of the abortion debate is caged within the language with which we describe things. And I was actually, it was actually really interesting because he was talking about, you know, like, obviously we talk, we would talk about, you know, a pregnant woman as having a baby, 
right. not a fetus. And in addition to that, one of the things I thought was so crazy was like, and I think you might be aware of this, but NPR put out like a style guide essentially on how they're supposed to talk about right. the abortion laws, which is basically like, never, ever, 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 ever say baby is basically the best way to think about it's it. Zygote and fetus and these things. And it's uh, health, it's reproductive health care, not abortion, right? Things right. like that. And I was so shocked because like, one thing from that that just kind of got under my skin was all these news organizations right now are complaining about freedom of the press from uh, the president on high. And he hasn't been great with the press, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know if he's instantiated any policies I don't like, but certainly his language is over the line. It's bad. Yes, definitely bad. Um, and however, we're fine with inflicting their own policies against their own freedom to express themselves because... I would imagine if I was the head of a of a journalistic studio, my number one goal would be for my journalists to print the facts as they saw them in whatever in the most you know objective voice How possible. Idealistic and naive of you, Hunter. Well, yeah, I just mean like clearly everyone's a liar, so you're welcome. Well, we're gonna get into that. Yeah, sure. So, uh, for sure. Yeah. I like when they spell the fetus with the O. What? Like fructose? Yeah, it looks like it looks like a type of sugar you shouldn't eat. Wow, that's. Um, but you know what? It, it's strange. To me, it just strikes this really Orwellian chord. Yeah. You know, the, like the actual double speak, where we're publishing these dictionaries mm -hmm. that uh, mean exactly the opposite of what they say. Right. What the words they're actually saying mean. Like Michael Knowles puts it. Uh, we've watched the left redefine words to mean the exact opposite of what they mean and mm. his examples that he provides are there's justice which means getting what you deserve and there's social justice which means getting something you don't deserve based on your immutable characteristics and it, uh, there's another one that he does but anyhow you know it, it's a really strange situation when you have a, a segment of the media seems to have a vested interest in changing the language because there is something to the fact that if you change the way people talk you change the way people think yeah so I think I and I also think that just simply ties hand in hand with postmodernism really well because I think I think the problem for a lot of our society is we don't know the rules of engagement when we're having a discourse because sure. we're and because we're actually separating the way we discuss issues we don't, we don't even refer to the same things in the world with the same terms on purpose. And I, not because we, not because we aren't talking about the same thing and we're trying to get to that thing, which is a part of discourse, but we're literally referring to the exact same action with a different term because we want to characterize it with, uh, either empathy or a lack thereof. Sure. And I think what that tells me is that Postmodernism is winning the war when it comes to to the definitions of words and how we use them, and that's that's a scary thought. It certainly friend. appears that way, mm -hmm. and, and then you kind of have to, you know, if you're going to couch it in that kind of language to use your own your own framework here, if you're going to say winning that war, you got to think who are the generals, and and where are the lines being drawn? You yes, know? and when you look at the enfranchisement of power that is occurring. Uh, and how those people espouse the use of particular language, mm. uh, I, I do think that's a dangerous thing. Yeah, no doubt. So, yeah. anyhow, We're I guess that's a perfect segue to get into today's topic. Let's talk about uh, the Vox Apocalypse. I, I did have a roadkill. Oh, if shoot. You, if you wanted it. Guys, if you just wanted it real quick. Everyone, 
Listen to the sound of my voice. You are getting very sleepy. Wake up! It's Roadkill! So I'm cutting that out. <laughs> Why? You clip. That's gonna. That's cancer. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, people. Okay. Listen to the sound of my voice. I'll take it again. Listen to the sound of my voice. You're getting very sleepy. When I snap my fingers, you will forget the topic of the day, so that you'll still be excited when I say it again later, and you'll prepare your body and your mind for roadkill. So, today's roadkill comes from Charlotte, Charlotte Clymer. Uh, she, she is part of the HRC organization, otherwise known as the Human Rights Campaign. She oh, I thought it was Hillary Rodden. <laughs> nope, nope, not quite. Uh, she does communications for that. And Human today, Rights Campaign, aren't they the gang that passes out the blue and yellow equal signs? Yes, LGBTQT, yeah. big organization. Uh, today we were... LGBTQ, you hate speecher. Sorry, my bad, I didn't mean to speech hate. Um... Charlotte tweeted this. How dare this. you not respect the acronym? I'm, okay, I'm trying to do. Am I going to keep stepping on every time I'm, you start the sentence? I'm trying to do the bit, and you keep doing your own bit, and I can't do the bit that we both agreed to bit. Now you're just going to be quiet. That's cool. So the thing is, I knew it. Go ahead. <laughs> so Charlotte tweeted this out today. Jesus is God. God is all people. Jesus is all people. Jesus can be she. What? You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so. Verified account, by the way. Go and look it at it yourself. Oh, my God. Blue check mark and everything, so... Jack Dorsey, seriously, man, how do you sleep at night? A quarter of that's right. A quarter of it's quarter... correct. God is all people? Well, Jesus is God. Okay. That, that part's correct. Good. We're all created in his image. Right. We got real close. We got really close, but no. Whoops. Yeah. Because I remember how we were having that conversation yesterday, Christopher, and we didn't have to because we're both omnipresent and omniscient. That's and right. Om- that's right. <laughs> you know, just all the oms. And you were thinking this conversation is so pointless, and then right. you were wondering if I thought that the conversation was pointless, we but both, you weren't we, actually wondering it because you knew that I Because we already it. knew yeah. it, and then we both didn't laugh. Yeah, but everybody's God. Yeah, everyone's uh, God. It's really fun. What are you doing after the show, after we record? Uh, Do you, you want to create know. some universes later? <laughs> I was just being polite. Just speak them in to be I see what you did um, no okay. problem well yeah. thanks for that roadkill you're welcome that is extra stupid today it was super stupid um, let's jump right into today's topic this is going to be the first time that we've ever talked about it or I've ever brought it up uh, the Vox Adpocalypse I think you mentioned that before that is hate speech how <laughs> much enough. hate speech are you going to do today Hunter? at least two more and then also how would you define it and who gets to decide listen here Jordan you need to calm down. So maybe maybe we should just do a nice little general overview of what happened and then start talking about it and get to the finer points of it. Is that is that agreeable with you, sir? Yes. Okay. Once there was a Canadian named Stephen Crowder. Stephen Crowder was a rowdy Canuck. Mm-hmm. And he often shot from the hip in a way that I found quite quite admirable. We should say one thing at the top. You are, in fact, a Stephen Crowder Mug Club member. And for those who don't know what that means is Christopher gives Stephen Crowder $100 a year to be able to watch his content. Uh, we actually might even get, take a step back from there. Stephen Crowder is a YouTube guy, a YouTube person, guys. I was getting there. Oh, uh, were you? Yeah. Let me step way back and let you just go. <laughs> Sorry. In the beginning, there was a hot, dense soup of electrons. <laughs> okay. Um, so, anyhow, yes. Steven Crowder is a 
what I would consider politically a pretty center-right, um, classically liberal, libertarian in a bunch of his views, conservative commentator is one way to describe him. He would self-describe himself as a comedian and a late-night host, and I think that's a fair characterization. The majority yeah. of his content is centered around uh, comedy. However, he feels that there's a void in the market. I'm not trying to speak for him, but I'm kind of paraphrasing some things that he said. He feels like there's a void in the market because there's so many leftist late-night comedians like your Trevor Noahs and your Conan O'Briens. Jimmy and Kimmel. Your, your Jimmys. In the, uh, whether they're in the Kimmel or Fallon variety. And <laughs> there is no conservative late-night host. So he started a show called Louder with Crowder. It used to be a radio show. Now he's got a full studio production, all of this kind of stuff. And he fills that void. So it's comedy. They do skits. They, uh, they make parodies of movies, do that kind of thing. I find it quite enjoyable to watch. The one thing that I like about it that you really don't get in a bunch of the other late night shows is facts. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's one of the most well-researched shows that would be on TV if it were on TV. Yeah. It, John Oliver's show is actually pretty well-researched, too, surprisingly. Like, it's... it's but, well, I guess if you followed him back in his Bugle days, you may not know that, but... Yeah, he actually puts some good effort... Or somebody on his team puts a lot of effort into going through yeah, some stuff. Yeah, I, I, like... Definitely more than Trevor Noah. Oh, um, by far. So, anyhow, I enjoy his show because of that. And they share their sources and put them on the screen and give you the hyperlink. You can look up what they're saying and verify it. And so, right. part of their show is, uh, you know, comedy. And then there's a part of it that's conservative punditry in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And in the milieu of that punditry, he has often taken issue with a certain individual named Carlos Massa. Now, longtime fans of the show might have heard me refer to someone as the fairy at Vox. Yep. And I'm not saying that was Carlos Massa, but I'm not saying that it wasn't Carlos Massa. It was Carlos Massa. And no, Undeniably. Well, we can't say that. I'm not it saying it. Because it might not have been. But it very well could have been. It very well was. Um, let me put it to you this way. Sure. If We're not someone, on YouTube, Christopher. We don't care. If someone was going to say, oh, Steve Jobs will come back from the dead and kick us off the platform <laughs> soon enough. Wow. If if someone was to be the fairy at Fox, Carlos Maga, Maza would fit the description. Oh, my God. We have to make a new character called Carlos Maga. Uh, oh, my God. All right. Stop. TM, 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 You can't have it. We a billion dollars. You can't have it. It's ours. So, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. He often puts out what I would call ill-informed inflammatory videos about whatever the hot-button political topic is of the day. Often without any research, any sources provided. Makes a bunch of bizarre, bogus, usually untrue claims. And Steven Crowder has made a... An attempt... Oh, it's more than an attempt. He's made a bit of a running gag to take these guys' videos and decimate them with uh, facts and opinions. Well, and not only... I don't even think just Carlos' videos, but Vox's in general. And uh, Vox... Vox is part of a media giant. I can't remember who, who originally invested in that company, but um, you can actually go and look at them online. Vox is kind of, I don't even think Vox is necessarily the, the main branch of it, but it's the political no. wing 
of this news conglomerate. Uh, Polygon's a part of it as well. Yep. There's a couple. Uh, there's um, uh, the Verge is a part of it as well. Um, there's a couple of different like news things with it. Um, Vox is by f- Vox has this very interesting paint coat of facts and reasonable people, and if you kind of don't dig too deep to the surface level, it's actually pretty persuasive. Yeah, um, there's, that's true. There's, it's like if you if you developed an AI and said, watch how reasonable people act and what they wear and what their their cadence sounds like and all of those things. Imitate that, but then don't do any of the research. Right, and and Vox, it's a it's a pretty impressive site, especially to to a lot of new sites out on the internet. Um, if you take the time to go and watch some of their videos or listen to their podcasts, I have one thing I think that you very quickly get is just there's strange arguments made sometimes without a, not a lot of backing. Um, I believe I heard Ezra Klein basically say on one of his episodes that he believed we needed a one world government and Ezra adamantly Klein believed being it. The senior editor. Thank you. Yeah. And never never really provided any reasons or thoughts behind it. And that's a pretty extreme. I should be very clear one world government as in everybody under one government he thought that was the only path forward for humanity um which is a pretty extreme viewpoint i would think uh especially in light of how successful the eu has been um yeah another another thing is a lot of their videos actually have pretty very uh tame headlines uh they're not as eye-catchy sometimes as the new york times can be or some other sites that they're not as catchy as Crowder no they're definitely not as catchy as Crowder Um, but what you will notice about them is there this one video that uh, my wife and I were watching I believe was about the history of America and basically talking about everything that was going on and most of the video was actually pretty great it was a lot of good interesting information Mm -hmm. and then Eventually, I can't remember exactly how this did this, so it makes it a little bit, little, little bit disingenuous me putting it here. But at the end, it just completely switched to the narrative without any facts, and it was a saying it was a video about X, and then instantly in the last fifteen seconds became a video about Y with no reason for it, right? And I, without anything to support it. I remember that video because I was watching it as well, and I was like, "Yeah, this seems like pretty accurate, pretty fair for Vox." And then right. you get to the end, and it's like. And America's the great Satan. It was it was Trump's fault all the same. Yeah. Which I, which I'm fine to say something's Trump's fault, but I like to have evidence for that, and I'm not even a defender of Trump. Yeah. So it's hard to say a whole lot that's going wrong right now is Trump's fault. Sure. Um, but and and you should really take the opportunity to go and follow the whole uh, Sam Harris and Ezra Klein debate debacle, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of information on there, but uh, it. It pretty much show, it pretty actually prove, actually is pretty good evidence of the point I was making or, earlier about we can no longer have debates and conversations because postmodernism has stolen our uh, ability to de- to define the same action with the same term. And it's definitely stolen the hearts and minds over at Fox. Yeah, uh, they are. That's for certain. Incredibly woke, and probably the wokest among them is Carlos Maza, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and I mean that pejoratively. The only way it was intended. Huh. The, so, in about two, two and a half years of Crowder making these videos, uh, rebuffing the videos from Carlos Maza, he would pepper in a second or two here of just making fun of the guy. Sure. Uh, Carlos is a individual of the Latin persuasion. 
and he also is attracted to men of the same sex. I could have shortened that to men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Both. Uh, I just got. I don't know why I want to be clear about this. This is such a stupid thing to have to be clear about. But welcome to 2019, gang. Both of those things are fine. Okay. Sure. They're great. Sure. They're also not a bubble shield for ever receiving any criticism. Exactly. The, like, I'm white. That means I like mayonnaise and I can't dance. Like, okay, fair enough. It's not that funny, and it's also not offensive. And the idea that that stereotypes become more offensive depending on how oppressed you are, especially when it's not very clear how you're oppressed at all in the first place, I don't buy it. Mm. It's just, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I have plenty of my beloved friends that happen to be homosexual and they're the best at making gay jokes and they love it when you tell them a new one they haven't heard they get really catty about it yeah um so anyhow in this two-year span crowder a couple of times would call him a um like the latino twink did he call him a twink i think he called him a twink Something like that, or a, a limp-wristed twink, I think was was one of them. Uh, lit, and he made fun of his He lisp. would make fun of his, like, kind of homosexual, stereotypical lisp. Yeah. Now, to be clear, the Twitter handle for Carlos is at Gay Wonk. He's not hiding the ball. You know uh, it's at like, Queer Wonk. Uh, oh, is it Queer Wonk? It's Queer Wonk, I thought yeah. it was Gay Wonk. Yeah, Queer What's because... What's the difference? Yeah, well, the only thing that matters there is because that was one of the oh, things Carlos was, was use, bringing up. That, that was, was one of the use, words that Crowder was using. Correct. He was calling him the, the you know, the, the Latino queer or something along those lines, that box. And, it, and, that was, and it's like, Crowder was like, I literally don't know what the rules are with this word because you call yourself a queer. Right. Right? It's in your Twitter handle sort of thing. And, like, yeah, if it's the new N-word and we're not allowed to say it unless... Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's complicated. It's but a complicated word. Not that I'm unwilling to learn, but I am unwilling to learn from people who do things in bad faith. Sure. Now, let's talk about where Carlos comes from. Carlos comes from a little organization called Media Matters. And Media Matters is the tallest, steamiest, trashiest pile of human debris that ever ex- excused itself as an activist organization or a quasi-news watchdog group on the face of planet Earth. They are truly a group of deplorable people. So let me tell you a little bit about how Media Matters operates. What they would do is, uh, like, Tucker Tucker Carlson was the victim of a Media Matters scandal back, I guess, a couple months ago. What they do is when they scour old videos of, you know, these commentators that are on air for hours a day, They scour their old videos. They cut together clips of stuff that's either borderline or cut things out of context. And then they string them together in this super video and they'll publish the super video. And then they'll take that super video that they just made. They'll go to uh, Tucker Carlson's uh, advertisers. They'll look his advertisers up. They'll call and be like, Hey, have you seen this super video? Why are you advertising on this show? Can I get anything for comment? And then they'll publish an article that says, you know, advertisers unsure after Crowder or uh, Tucker Carlson 
video comes out showing right. how he's a homophobe. Right. This is exactly what they do. So it's not a controversy. It's a manufactured controversy. Right. And they've been doing this for years. Uh, they did it to Breitbart way back in the day. Andrew Breitbart, the the king, um, before his name got sullied by Fat Bannon. So wow. anyhow, he is fat, and fat shaming works. Bannon, it does, if you're actually. listening, and I hope you're listening, get on a treadmill, chubby. Um, do, you, the, do you think he subscribes? Bannon definitely subscribes. I'm pretty well, sure he's he, our number one not fan. Like he has a job anymore. No, he's got uh, time. <laughs> he's got time for this crap. <laughs> and he likes it. He likes the abuse. You can tell. Um, anyhow, <laughs> anyhow. So this is what they do, and this is where Carlos comes from. Right. And uh, this is effectively exactly the tactic that he employed against Stephen Crowder. So he, yeah, cut, he together cut together about two minutes of Stephen Crowder from these videos where he was where Crowder was providing facts, providing sources, rebutting the ideas that Carlos was sharing. And and, and also making an ad hominem, which right. was done in the sake of comedy. You can say it's not funny, but I, I think that if we were to get to the bottom of it, you would say it's not funny and also it shouldn't be banned. But sure, yeah, at any I, rate, think that's, I, think that's, I think that's correct. At any rate, he cut together about two minutes of over two years of content uh, out from these videos that were very informative and were factual and were dealing with the they were taking the ideas that he was sharing seriously mm. and rebutting them seriously and he put it together put it on YouTube and started whining on Twitter uh, like the privileged brat that he hates that he is I'll put it that way yeah it's pretty good alright you pick it up my throat hurts oh okay yeah no problem um, so he basically cobbled all this information together and said, YouTube, you need to deplatform this guy. And sure enough, YouTube looked at the crate to flash forward a bit. YouTube has demonetized Crowder's channel, and as long with I believe a lot of other channels, but I don't know any of the rules or who or what. They they hit a bunch of people with the ban hammer and it's not like they took them off well, YouTube as of yet but they have demonetized them right, which and makes, some smaller channels have gotten completely removed right so and to for those who aren't aware what that means is when you host a video on YouTube it runs an ad and if you choose to monetize your channel ads will run on your videos and you share that revenue with YouTube. you share that revenue with YouTube if you get demonetized, it basically means you cannot opt in to run ads on your videos anymore. Right. And so there's been a lot of controversies over that over the years. Don't really have time to get into it, but know that. Um, so he goes on this, this long tirade. He, YouTube goes, well, we reviewed the videos and so that's not what I was violating gonna, that's any what of I, our policies. That's what I was going to get to. Is like, Even though this has ended up with Steven Crowder not being able to have a monetized channel on YouTube anymore. YouTube, literally two days before they they demonetized his channel, said he hasn't broken any of our policies. In public to everyone. Which is startling. Right. Um, because... Yeah, that intern got fired. <laughs> right, exactly. That intern is no longer there. Uh, <laughs> That's you know. a joke. Right, Just exactly. Right, and basically, after making that statement, 
you know, everyone, Carlos continued that you need to drop Crowder, you need to drop these people. And YouTube said, upon further review, he hasn't broken any of our policies. However, there are some creators who it is important to remove, even if they don't break our policies. That's right. And, yeah. and by the way, the, then Which is YouTube insane. went on a tirade banning lots of different people. They right. banned they banned the guy that just simply recorded neo-Nazi protests. That was what he was doing. He's an independent journalist literally going out on the street filming neo-Nazi protests and YouTube banned him. What's the thinking there? Like, is it... Is, and th that they removed his channel completely, not just demonetized him. What's the, what's the idea there? Should we not know about the neo-Nazi protests? Those people are my enemy. Right. Should we not know our enemy? Has, have we learned nothing from you, Sun Tzu? Yes. Uh, at any rate... So they went on, off, and Carlos Maza got a black eye, too, because they banned some of the channels that he liked. So, ah, anyhow, he was, not so he was whining about that on, on YouTube, too. But anyway, the, the fun thing is that now Crowder's demonetized, and in the same weekend, on the front page of the New York Times, the Sunday edition, mm. there was a story about, quote, the making of a YouTube radical. Right. This is the I said quote. That, that I might I might have missed up the title a little sure. bit. Sure. But that's effectively what the title was about. Now, this title, uh, this title piece, had a collage behind it. The story was about. It was pretty, pretty vanilla. It's just about a rando who went and started watching. Um, conservative content on YouTube. A Democrat, essentially. Yeah, a Democrat. He watched some conservative content on YouTube, and then he became what uh, he called a tradcon, a traditional, traditional conservative. conservative. I've never met a traditional conservative that calls themselves that, but Not apparently it's a thing. And now he looks back and says he was seduced by the alt-right. At the, at the depths of his alt-rightness, he... Um, was dating an evangelical Christian woman, which is horrifying. Right. I mean, can you imagine? How terrible. And then, additionally, his he, friends, his friends couldn't believe what had happened to him. Those yeah. are the two things. And he said that he <laughs> didn't, but he, he never bought into the racism or the ideology of some of the more extreme videos that he was seeing. Right, otherwise known as alt-right. at the end of the story, he goes back to the left. Right. Crisis averted. Crisis averted. It looks averted. like YouTube's doing just fine. Right. And, but, and I think the reason you're bringing that up is because Steven Crowder is one of the people, obviously, a part of that. Well, he uh, explicitly, because on the cover photo, sure, there was a collage of conservative, quote unquote, YouTubers. Right, and, but I mean, it, it runs, it runs the gamut. Yeah, Milton and this Freeman, is part of the problem. Milton Freeman's on there. Well, let's talk about Milton. So Milton Freeman's on there, the right. Economist. Yep. Uh, Jordan Peterson yep. is on there. Yep. Hard to even classify him as conservative necessarily. Um, Philip DeFranco, who yeah, is he's, he's a just a YouTuber. Well, no, he's a left YouTuber. Uh, he's like, left like Dave Rubin's left, but still. No, no, like more so than Dave. Like very uh, much more so than Dave. Okay, I guess it depends on the video then, because I've seen right. some of them where he appears to be quite fair. He's very free speech. Yeah. But he's pretty left on just about everything else, and he's a very fair dude. But if anything, he's 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 very center left. Sure. So um, it so. had him, which it, of course it had it had the uh, nefarious Jude Shapiro. Right. They try and get him every chance they can. Right. Exactly. Um, um, and then let's, and then who else did it have? Uh, Stephen Molyneux. It had Stephen Molyneux. So, and Miley Yiannopoulos. Miley Yiannopoulos. I Stephen Molyneux, for those who don't know. 
he runs around with Lauren Southern sometimes, and Lauren, I think, is a lot more objective. Stefan has these really bizarre ideas about how uh, about how race should be broken up because of the he, very small differences in our IQ. Yeah. Uh, it's, it doesn't hold water, and it's not, it's not an argument in, that I want to peddle in. He doesn't believe in mixed marriages, for yeah. starters. Like, and so, he, he's a pretty weird dude. He, so, he, he is what I would call alt-right. Yeah, I, definitely. <laughs> I'd call that alt-right. Yeah. The David, David Duke types. I can't remember if it was Richard Spencer or David Duke, but one of them was up there, too. I think okay. it was Spencer. I didn't know. Um, but at any rate, they're all plastered to the front of this magazine, along with insane choices, like Philip DeFranco. Right. Um... And it says the making of an alt-right YouTuber. Right. And so it's like, and, and Crowder's right up there. So Crowder gets banned on YouTube, and then the New York Times publishes a front-page article about how YouTube is is uh, radicalizing people. people, and Crowder's a part of it. And so are people that Crowder would... would Not even associate well, with. Well, he, he would associate with. He associates with just about anyone. He'll let just about anyone on the show. Sure. But that's because he's a free speech absolutist, too. Um, you know... He'll say he'll have, he's had Alex Jones on the show. He goes, I don't agree with him on a whole lot, but I'd like to have him on the show. Sure, I think that's fair. And so, anyhow, Dave had, Dave Rubin actually had a really good thing about it. He actually went on Alex Jones' show a while back, um, yeah. and he basically said what he was hoping to do was to go onto Alex's show and wake up a small group of that audience to the classical liberal ideas that he believed in and would fight for. And said, if I can do that, it's worth it. Well, and, and I thought that was a pretty cool take on it. And he's like, because what that what that basically is saying is, Dave believes in the power of ideas. That's right. Dave is exactly right because mm -hmm. the New York Times, I think it was just two years ago, published an article talking about how the uh, actual conservatives okay. and the IDW weren't radicalizing people. They were actually pulling people back out of right, the alt right. Right. They're exactly. pulling people back to center, which is where we should go. Yes. You think Vox is pulling people back to center? You got to be out of your mind. Absolutely not. And so anyhow, and it's also amazing to me that this guy pretends to be oppressed and he pretends it's so hard being a gay YouTube star. And mm. it's like you whined to YouTube and got exactly what you wanted. Do you think Crowder how, has how that power? How in the world is that oppressed? Also, you're at the back of a multi-million dollar media conglomerate. Right. Crowder was doing this out of his living room in his basement. Right. Like he's, you're not, you're not punching up. You're not attacking the bully. Right. The bully's hit it, or the the wimpy kid is punching you, Carlos Maza. Right. Not the other way around. Right. The idea that you can continue to believe this myth that you're oppressed is insane to me. Yeah. And if, and if you can't put up with a little bit of criticism, get off the internet. Right. I, we're the, the smallest show that is begging desperately to be accepted into the echelons of the intellectual dark web. And... Please. And we... We get... Uh, more death threats than we should. It's it's ins more death threats than love letters. It's insane how many people hate us for for literally like what we're we're not five hundred people strong yet. Yeah, like we're just shy. Yeah, like are you kidding me? People want us to die. Uh, well, we'll have to get into that too because we're planning a little special episode. Oh sure, 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 but, sure. Um, That's just a teaser, boys and girls. Just a tease. But, but yeah. anyhow, yeah. It, guess what? It happens. There's no padded corners. The world's a pretty dark place. Yeah. Buck up, dude. So I, I think this is part of the conversation that I, w I would like to turn to. Because I'm not sure I'm not sure what we both think here, and I think this would be kind of interesting. Okay, yeah. Um, I know it's a long time, but we've basically set the groundwork for what happened 
and and you know now there's a couple a couple of very late breaking developments that are interesting. Oh, are there? Oh, well, one well, is go that, ahead because I'm that, probably uh, not aware of them. Jordan Peterson. Oh, I just announced spot? his his new alternative to YouTube and Patreon and Twitter. Right. Kind of rolled into one, and it's got some cool rules about it. But yeah, they said that literally once you get on the platform, the only thing that can remove you is An government injunction. The, right. Yeah. Wait, so, and I think he supposedly he supposedly went on Joe Rogan's show about it, but the podcast is not debuted as far as yeah. I'm aware um, very very looking forward to that uh, which it's it's timely because it's uh, because it's obvious that it's obvious it's obvious that there's a bias with these companies and sure. I was actually I was actually hopeful that um, a while back that Jack Dorsey was actually making the right moves and I continued to be very let down yeah um, and I don't think we're I don't think we're headed in the right direction at all with uh, YouTube Facebook and Twitter which is kind of like what I wanted to talk about I guess is like unless let's, there's another let's get there no yeah. so so we say all that to say here's the landscape as it presents itself yeah and you've got some very lefty media organizations that are very whiny and they're getting a lot of grease from these very lefty driven companies and there's an argument our, I thought companies just saw green well yeah I agree they do we can get into why they're behaving this way too but as far as the ideology the ideological bent of their C-suite, they're extremely left. And then you've got these dying media forms like the New York Times running stories and then you've got these, these freedom fighters out on the fringes like Peterson starting his own platform and Crowder with Mug Club and Daily Wire with their subscription service that are scrapping and punching up and getting knocked down by the by the big guy who's crying, screaming at he's the little guy. So that's the landscape that we find ourselves in. Yeah. Um, it also shows you how effective the victim the victim narrative is in an, in an American culture. Oh yeah. Uh, it's an important thing to remember Huge because you incentive. need to know you need to know about yourself. Um, so yeah, I, I think. I think for me, when I look at this stuff, I think I think most of this is coming from. Um, I think it's because tech companies have never wanted to do the hard thing, which is dealing with human nature in their platforms. And what I mean by that, Chris, is I think, um, I think they've never. I think there was a dream that. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all these platforms were going to br- were going to allow conversations to happen um, at a level that had never before happened, and people across the world were going to be educated, uh, brought in closer, and we're going to learn from each other, and it was going to be a great revival in the way we all thought, acted, and interacted with each other. That that's objectively true. The pr- the, the fact that that dream existed is objectively true sure um the problem was supposed to bring us into a single brotherhood of man yes the problem with that is i believe since all of those people occurred in the same political stripe it became our vision of what people should think sure and i think what we've we've seen is a tolerance for ideas on the left that many on the right would find offensive uh, incorrect or evil, and a intolerance for ideas that the people on the left would think of the same. What do you know? Someone goes around talking about how tolerant they are. Maybe not the most tolerant person in the room. One of the easiest ways I think to to show this was, um, you know, because of was be, was because of a woman who 
I can't remember who it was. This is a, she's a legendary um, tennis player, and she was getting very upset about the fact, and I think we touched a little bit on this, not not necessarily in this regard, but about trans women participating in female tennis, and thought it was a tragedy, and basically made the comment that trans women were not women, right? And she has been banned from Twitter. It's one of the things that was brought to Jack's attention recently on a Joe on an old Joe Rogan podcast, and it, it seemed to me like Jack wasn't even a Jack's policy was because he had the reason he had made that decision to ban that person, and he didn't personally make that decision, but the reason Twitter decided to ban people for that viewpoint, right, that trans people are not the gender they identify as, was because they had performed research and had come to and had gotten that conclusion from professors in that field. Right. And the problem with that is good. Good that you did that, but did you look at the entire body of work and which res in which professors in which fields did you get that information from because there's thousands of professors you know that provide uh well that that provide different classifications on transgenderism and would even qualify it as a mental illness um uh, which we've talked about before too on the show is a, is a major problem, and the fact that it's not being classified as a gender is not is not as a mental illness actually leads to problems with uh, crazy ideas going around about like if your child identifies as the opposite gender than what they are assigned to at birth, then they need a gender reassignment surgery as quickly as possible. And HRT and that kind of stuff. Sure. Right. And so what I'm getting at is I think what we're seeing is these social media platforms are not even necessarily evil they're blind well, and they and they don't understand how blind they are and they're attempting to live up to that ideal they originally set for themselves and are and are not understanding why they're incapable of it okay i think that you're doing a good thing i think you're not attributing to malice what you could attribute to ignorance sure i'm a little skeptical of that in this instance because I think that they hear us. I know that Jack Dorsey knows Steven Crowder's name. That's I the problem. I know that Wojcicki, 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 I don't know. I know that W knows Steven Crowder's name. Their sinners are not being introspective, and you're exactly right. And that's yeah. that's malice, and it, it should be considered as such. Right, and so, and, and let me be clear, and we can get into how the New York Times fits into all this, but I think that there's an economic and a political incentive for them to act in the way that they're acting. Yes, I imagine that it's that for the big companies, it's probably the economic incentive. For outlets like Vox, um, the the kind of new media, it's harder to say. For the old media, it's definitely an economic incentive. Well, for the new media, I think it's pretty easy. It's the fact it's sensational, and it's the fact that Carlos can almost flaunt his identity as a way to garner attention and add revenues for his site, right? It's much easier than having research or facts. Well, and, and, it, and it, in a way that a CNN anchor couldn't. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, that, I think that's the main reason you're seeing stuff like that happen. But, and I... And, I, and also because we've incentivized it. I mean, sure, exactly. Some, he's got a good job. He's got... He's well-paid. He's well-paid. He has friends did you that actually, will enable his behavior. Did you actually hear that he, he went out on a writer's strike after getting all those people demonetized on YouTube, too? Yeah. Yeah, in, insane. Brilliant. Absolutely insane. Brilliant. Right. Uh, but, but 
very oppressed. Very oppressed. I, and let's Don't be clear, worry. very oppressed. Right. Um, but we've talked about it before, and it's apparently true. Uh, I, by apparent, I mean obvious. There is incentive to pretend victim. There is pre- there is incentive to be woke. There is incentive to cry foul. I think we should if say there's. If you can point out as many bad things that are happening in the world that other people didn't see were bad yet, you become the moral paragon. Yeah, I think it's an. I think there's an an incentive to um, describe yourself as oppressed without actually making sure you're oppressed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and we all do that from time to time. Just some of us make a career out of it. Sure. So let me try and piece together how I think these puzzle pieces fit together and then why I find a problem with it. Go ahead. Because there's a libertarian argument that kind of creeps up here that I think is unsophisticated that says that these companies are doing nothing wrong. Um, so you've got, you've got YouTube and they're demonetizing people at the behest of new media. Carlos Maza, the little guy, and they they have a ally at, at least, or it's hard to say ally. Let me think about the right way I want to say this. Then you have this article that comes out from the New York Times, and the New York Times is basically saying they're providing cover for YouTube, but also pushing YouTube. They're doing both at the same time. Right. They're saying, yeah, that demonetizing thing. Do more of that. And it's it's and the same because look what you did wrong over here. It's the same thing when Zuckerberg says he wants to be regulated by the government. Right. It, it's it's like it, it it's what they're what both those th- entities are doing is like please tell us how to act so that we don't have to be responsible for acting. That's right. Yeah. And so that's how that's kind of how I see these pieces fitting together. YouTube and here's the thing too. There is a very small, very vocal base that likes to stir up crap online and go after people's sponsors and go after people's advertisers, and it is the media matters left. The right rarely engages in this behavior. Okay. Rarely engages in this behavior. And the, the actual conservative right. There's four people in the alt-right, and they live in Kansas, and no, we don't want them to listen to our show. Uh, <laughs> unless unless you're actually taking our ideas seriously. But no, you're not our friend. I'll just be clear on that one more time. Um, we're not fellow travelers on this idea train. So you were talking about YouTube. Yeah. And... So you've got the new media uh, who has a bunch of converts from Media Matters going in, creating this outcry, creating this story, going after people's... Uh, Advertisers, even though these people advertise on left and right shows, mm. and they're causing a big stink. Now, now, YouTube that lives on the internet know that the internet bleeds blue and will cry foul at the smallest push um, when it comes to someone attacking a minority class, because this is where the social justice keyboard warriors congregate. So they know that. So they're incentivized to pull back. Because, and it's like why you have Gillette, I think Andrew Clavin was mentioning this, it's why you have Gillette running a razor ad um, where it's a dad showing his trans daughter, a.k.a. his son, how to shave. No trans women are buying Gillette razors. I mean, percentage of the population-wise, that's the worst targeted commercial of all time unless there was a bunch of woke scolds that would that wouldn't buy the product without the virtue signaling built in right which is exactly what's happening then you have the new york times that's dying terrible readership terrible subscribership dying on their backsides out here and they 
they have been bought and sold into this leftist uh, media attention sphere. You can look at everywhere but Fox, CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, Huffington Post, uh, the Washington Post, every major paper, every major uh, network show, save one, are all on the left. And then you look at the, the money that exchanges hands between uh, media companies and Democratic candidates, and you look at the kind of free incentives they give them in coverage, and mostly because they want to sensationalize a story, that makes them money too, but their way of business is dying. It's dying to these new media online, and so they are trying to force YouTube to face the same regulatory punishments that they that they face. YouTube doesn't have an FCC. New right. York Times does, and the Washington uh, and CNN does. They have to put up with the FCC. So they're getting killed out there because they see on YouTube people actually give a crap about hearing about these conservative views, and all of a sudden, CNN's uh, viewership is getting killed by a site that was started 20 years ago. Yeah. And so they're they are desperate to get these voices that people are hungry for off the online sphere so they can have a dominant control of the space again. That's the economic argument, is that there's a there's an antitrust incentive to get these people kicked off so that they can retain their monopolistic control of the media space and the idea space. Mm -hmm. That's one. And then the other one's more simple. The the political ideology is that you would you would just not want to hear those points of view because you don't believe in them because you've bought into the postmodern woke scold leftist pudding. If I can kind of maybe clarify that just a little bit. To me, old media, CNN, New York Times, wants to survive. And so it doesn't want YouTube to be effective at bringing up new voices in that media. Which is exactly what it's done up until now. New media, I, I that doesn't include, you know, Crowder, all these other people, but new left-wing media, Vox, uh, The Verge, several others, um, uh, The Young Turks, is actually very engaged with the narrative yeah. and actually really wants it to succeed. That's their only story is the narrative. Exactly. And then YouTube, Facebook, they are actually the kings and basically want no responsibility for being the kings. And if and if I think to them, if they can continue to have their uh, rules dictated to them either by politicians or by loud, very effective media... They're more than happy to march to that beat as long as it keeps them from being, like, responsible, Cause in it, quotes. Because just like you said earlier, they don't want to deal with the fact that human nature and anonymity doesn't line online up with them. doesn't line up with how they thought it would. And right. It turns out it's a lot darker and a lot nastier than they suspected. And here's a and really if, cool... If they do, if they'll just get legislated, then they are not responsible for taking people off or for leaving people on. Right. They're not responsible anymore. And I think the cool part about... And they still get to be right because yeah. then the internet becomes the thing they wanted it to be. Well, yeah, it, it becomes it becomes the place where the one, where humanity speaks about the one idea that they dreamed it it's always would be. It's the distorted view of what they wanted it to be. They I thought agree. they were going to get there well, because human nature was good, and instead they're getting there through tyranny. I think they would. I would say I don't think it's distorted. I think it's just clarified now for everyone else. Sure. I don't I, think they it's understood. It's not nearly what, as idealistic. It's far more I, well, Orwellian. I think, 
I think the idealism was always caged and it will be the way I want it to be. And it was unknown. That that's maybe, what I'm saying. Maybe so. Yeah. yeah that's a good thought. Um, but what I but what I also want to point out is what I actually what it, let's let's just take this all off the table. It doesn't happen and the internet kind of continues in this weird form. One one thing that concerns me about Jordan Peterson's website, it's going to be a conservative, no doubt about it. Um, or at least center right, yeah. Um, social media site. Let and and Jordan talked about this too, and he knows a thing or two about this. And Tim Pool is actually probably the most strident voice in this. Is yeah, I love Tim Pool. When, when PayPal, and Mastercard and these companies stopped saying they would support certain creators online. You can go and look at some of this. That was all tied up in some of the Patreon stuff, wasn't it? But after Patreon, too. If you actually dig into it, SingStar was a new platform that was going to... Or, not SingStar. um, StarPoint or something like this. I can't remember the exact title. It became a platform for some creators post-Patreon that was going to support them. And, And Visa, MasterCard started getting calls from protesters essentially saying you're supporting this person on this platform and MasterCard and Visa called that story something whatever it was Starpoint I can't remember it and said hey get us off of here we're not supporting that person that's insane yeah and so the point being is Tim brings this up and and I'm I'm a little concerned about it because of Jordan's website just because what what I'm actually very excited I hope Jordan's site wins in the market but what I'm also concerned about is I think there's going to be demands for different technological networks. Yeah. And there's going to be a democratic yeah. network, and there's going to be a conservative network. And there's going to be a conservative form of payment, and there's going to be a democratic form of payment. And there's going to be a conservative news site. And you can already see this happening. Like, where our, our society is already fractured. Because what the internet actually is really good at is connecting you to more people who think about it like you think and not telling you anything about anything else. And if you're not careful when you're using the internet, you'll actually stay silent. And that's how YouTube algorithms work. That's how Facebook algorithms work. That's how everything we've built on the internet works. And now we're not hiding the ball anymore. It's not good at bringing people together. It's really good at showing you precisely where the lines are. And because it's so integrated into our daily lives right. now, and it really is. It really it, is. It, it, I think it was like 25, 24% of respondents to a survey said that they spent literally all day online. And I'm probably one of them. Sure. But here's the point. It's so good at showing you where the lines are yeah. that now we can watch our society tear itself apart in real time. We are effectively resegregating society based on ideological differences that are that are often held in incredible bad faith. And this time, this time, oh, I, I won't say this time like I'm like I'm uh, juxtaposing it to anything else. It's the left that's doing it. Is the sure. outcry woke scold left that is seg- that is. Wanting forcing. to resegregate society. This is not new. You've got these. You've got these all-black dorms at these progressive colleges. You're like, what are you talking about? Weren't right. we just fighting 50 years ago to not to, do this? To not do to this not... very same thing that you're doing. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. But the internet, to your point, is very good at showing you right how things are, and s- how the lay of the land is, and how it's fracturing. And so instead of hiding the bias, you will put your bias in with a URL you type to go exactly. to. Exactly. And that. I think you need to pay attention to that because I think we're not Jordan's website. And I, what I, what I hope is what I hope is that what I hope is that his website comes out and it actually provides a secondary market and people flock to it. What I'm 
very, very afraid of and almost certain of is because of how everything else has acted, as I know of, that idea is not one out in the market. What wins out in the market is what makes me comfortable. And it's hard work. Andrew Clavin says this. The, the, defend, the true believers in freedom are an extremely small bunch. It's very hard to want to be free. It's very difficult and it requires a lot of responsibility. And I don't think that's what Jordan's making his sight to do. I think he sees an economic opportunity. I think he also really, 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 really wants... I think he believes in what he's doing. I think he believes in what he's doing. I'm, I'm hoping... I think... I'm hoping it doesn't result in the fact that it just becomes a conservative site. Sure. Or a right a, a right of center site, and, you know. It yeah. needs it, we need places to we need places where we can argue. We need to be able to have definitions and we need to have rules of discourse. And until we can achieve that as a society again because we don't have it right now, you you know, it, it's obvious when you go online, it's obvious when you hear arguments between politicians and everything. That is that needs to be the goal of our technology. That yeah. needs to be the goal of our politics, and that needs to be the goal of what we do, just as people day to day. That's that's totally right. I'll just put a bow on it because you can get into all of like how dumb Carlos is, and how a uh, funny or not funny Crowder is, and how offensive YouTube is, and how it's a platform, and it should be um, a a. Um, uh, how it's a platform it's acting as a publisher, which I think is a perfectly valid argument for why they shouldn't be acting the way that they're acting right yes. now. Yes, but. You can get into all the minutia of that, but the, but the big point is this, is that we've lost the fabric of our society. We've lost the things that brought us together. We've lost the ability to disagree and do it respectfully. And the payment is a fractured society. The payment is the end of the union in a lot of ways. And I don't think... I mean, this was in our very first episode. If you've been with us that long, one, thank you. And you'll remember the thing that we asked you was to start paying attention. And now we're watching it happen in real time. And I'm not saying that because I want to sensationalize anything. I want to say it because it's becoming so clear. The right. battle drawings are, the battle lines are being drawn anymore. so vividly. Mm-hmm. And it's it's definitely time to it's time to pay attention and it's time to do something about it. Um, if that means fighting back against YouTube and their policies and, and making them be the company that we want to pay them to be with our views and our advertisement, maybe that's one way. If it's creating a platform with a different set of rules that discourage trollery and encourage thoughtful discussion among multiple parties, then maybe that's the way forward, but it's time to start paying attention. And that's Carl Foley. Uh, thanks for listening guys yeah thanks for listening to the show everybody you can find us online at carlpooling.com there there's links to all the wonderful places you can subscribe to the show including itunes spotify and google play in addition to that you can find links there to send us an email or email us at carlpooling at gmail.com follow the show at carlpooling on instagram and twitter on Facebook at Carl Pulling Podcast. Additionally, follow Hunter at Emotional Carl. You can follow me at Chris X Carl. Uh, and until next time. And what was that? What was the uh, the bumper we wanted to add? The new uh, the new signing off phrase. Uh, get oh, get tested. It was. I thought it was get tested. Get get, get tested out of the back seat. We're home. <laughs>